Hello and welcome to Ahead of the Curve. I am Jonathan Gellner, and thank you so much for joining us. We are the furthest away from competition that we will be. So today, I will be going over block one of our offseason, which will be dedicated solely to mechanics and swing changes. This will allow a few months for them to get comfortable with their new patterns before the stress of competition. After we feel like they are getting an understanding of the movements that we want them to learn, we will add in some time constraints. This can be a great time to test and retest to see if they have acquired the desired patterns or not. Block 2 will start on October 1st through November 4th, and in Block 2 we will start blending in some stressful velocity, either off the machine or in mixed BP. I truly believe in the findings in the blocked versus random debate, but I also believe that there's a time for progressing difficulty, especially when trying to learn, rework, or refine a new skill. I also believe there's a ton of validity to serial practice which Nick Winkleman talks in a linked article here. Finally, when we get to block three, November 4th through the season, most of our time will be dedicated to getting players game ready. This includes a majority work on timing, adjustability, mentality, and competition. Here is an outline of the off season, block one. Motor learning, particularly early learning, involves attempts by learners to acquire an idea of the movement or understand the basic movement of coordination. To achieve these goals, learners must use cognitive and verbal processes to solve problems. For our time, we have 40 minutes every other day, two or three days a week, with 48 total hitters in the program. In Oklahoma, we are limited to an hour a day until December 1st, and in the grand scheme of things, this isn't a ton of time. For some listening to this, I know you would love to be able to have these time restrictions but one big priority for us is getting the most out of the time that we have. And if we all have the same amount of time, how can we make ours more efficient? We have a coach to player ratio of 20 to one for hitters, so being able to relay the importance of each drill is significant. First, let's talk about the dynamic warmup. After they go through the team dynamic warmup together, they will be bucketed into small groups to work on their limitations found during the on-base use screen. I'll talk more about this screen in a few weeks. Then, they will be broken up into two groups every day. They'll either be on offense or defense, with the small group of pitchers being pulled to work on individual pitching mechanics. So, essentially it looks like this. Week 1, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, the infielders will be hitting and the outfielders will be on defense, and Tuesday and Thursday, infielders will be on defense and outfielders will be hitting. And it will flip in the following weeks back and forth. The reason we do the every other day model is because last year we would do 30 minutes and 30 minutes every day and switch. It ended up being closer to 25 minutes each and we would lose three to five minutes every day switching groups. For the sake of math, we would lose five minutes a day, five days a week. That's 25 minutes per week and we have 15 weeks of practice. That's 375 minutes or six days of practice. Essentially, we lost a week of practice due to switching groups. 25 minutes is also fairly tight when trying to get a decent amount of swings in. So, we went to the every other day model this year. Everyday drills. The first part of our everyday drills is med ball work. Being able to challenge the core and lower half movements without having to worry about hitting a ball. And when using a heavier implement, we will hopefully self-organize the lower half into moving more efficiently. I went into some detail about how we're doing that in training the motor, a template for bat speed development and proprioception in week three. After our med ball work, we are focusing on the setup, trying to be tension-free and balanced, with our eyes relaxed and on the pitcher with level shoulders. Every move affects another move, so we want to start them in the best, most athletic posture that we can. 
After that, we are working on our forward move, using the ground and the rear leg and backside that takes us forward to a balanced position. I love the stair step model, which I stole from Doug Latta, as a simple way to see if they are using the ground and gaining some ground and getting in an athletic position to hit. Some of the drills include a band around the waist and either attached in the front or the back to assist or feed the mistake. We can also start with our setup, move out to a 50-50 spot, and then either squat or jump to see where your weight is distributed. An example would be the forward move, then squat down, come back up, and then forward move again without having to shift or reshift your weight. Another one, keep your back toes up, stay connected with the ground on your forward move. And I really like Lance Wheeler's Corvillo belt, but for us this fall, it takes too long to set up for the time that we have. The next important detail for us is handpath. We want to have a linear handpath, and using a line can be a helpful visual for this. So I use the batter's box line quite frequently. We also want to have a soft front shoulder, and with both arms working together, not the front arm or shoulder pulling. We also want to focus on getting the hands inside the shoulder and rotation and not stuck behind. A couple of drills will include bottom hand taps, using the top hand to make sure we get the barrel through. We use a chuck it, which is a dog toy on Amazon, but it's great for top hand work and direction, and golf swings. I've included several visuals for you and a couple of big league guys doing these drills if you'll click on the article in the show notes. So these will all be a part of our everyday drills or EDDs. After they get done with the EDDs, we will be blending that with front toss and eventually machine work. A few favorites for front toss include front toss with a connection ball on your top hand between the forearm and bicep, staying connected, your feet together, or appropriately called now the Cody Bellinger, ride drill, which includes getting out to a fooled position on a curveball and being able to stay in the middle of your body, drive the pitch, and hit through spin. And all of these drills can be done with overload, underload, and regular bats, which we will switch every round. Again, I mentioned earlier that this is our block one, and we will start to use stressful velo after six weeks. We have two hack attacks, two mini hacks, and we just got a rolling spin ball machine. Another time saver that we are using is that we have them in the smallest groups possible with the space that we have. So, most days we will be broken up into six groups of four guys each. And instead of rotating and using time to pick up everything, they will have everything that they need in their cage. This includes baseballs, a med ball, T-work, L-screen, chuck it, and three bats. This is also a time that we will be going over our individual player meetings over video and statistical analysis. I will be sure to go more in depth with what that conversation looks like over the following weeks when we're in a constant state of evaluation this fall. Let's keep this awesome quote from Fergus Connolly in his book, Game Changer, in mind. A coach's four main jobs when evaluating players. Identify the player's differentiating qualities. What are the athlete's strengths? And what do the coaches need to do to ensure those strengths remain his or her key feature? Enhance the athlete's ability to develop and apply these dominant qualities. Continue to maximize and develop them. Identify the player's primary limiting factor. What is holding him or her back from developing and improving further? And make sure the primary limiting factor doesn't get any worse. And if possible, improve it. Let's all agree to not get caught up in what a player can't do, but let's give them plenty of opportunities to showcase what they do as well. Thanks again for listening. Have a great week. Coaches, your players aren't afraid to work hard. They just can't afford to get it wrong. And that is why you should attend the 2019 Skill Acquisition Summit hosted by Randy Sullivan's Florida Baseball Ranch 
and the strength of skills from the Netherlands. This annual event will take place on October 12th and the 13th in Lakeland, Florida. This event will have a premier panel of presenters including Franz Bosch from the Netherlands and Rob Gray from Arizona State University. The most forward-thinking coaches in the business will funnel the information down to the bare bones of on-the-field application of leading-edge skill acquisition and motor learning science. You will leave equipped to help your players optimize the return on their training time. For more information, call 1-866-STRIKE-3 or go to floridabaseballranch.com backslash summit. Presenters include Franz Bosch, Rob Gray, Martin Nyhoff, Bart Honegroff, David Mann, Paul Venner, Ron Wolforth, and Coach Randy Sullivan, who will serve as host and moderator for this exciting event. I will be in attendance, and I hope to see you there.